This podcast is part of the Gun and Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not represent other podcasts or affiliates of Gun and Geek. Check out more podcasts at gunandgeek.com and get ready because geekiness starts in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to F3G2, a weekly comic book review show. Sitting by your computer right now? Click over to f3g2.gunageek.com and check out the video version of the show where you can see all of the books we're talking about this week. Let's start the show. Hello, interwebs. Tis I, Sebastian Piccioni, and Thanos, and StarCraft. Um, coming to you live from the back of Famous Faces and Funnies, and get your phone on, and this is F3G2 which you are either watching on YouTube or watching or listening to on GunnaGeek.com. Um, Thanos is here because he wanted to let you know that our review for Guardians of the Galaxy is basically, our whole review is the same name as uh, the mixtape that Star-Lord's mother made for him. Awesome Volume 1. It's just Awesome Mix Volume 1 because... Oh, this was so good. There's not a single thing. Anyone who's complaining to you is lying or just a bitchy baby who likes to complain about things. All right? Um, yes, some people are like, you know, it still doesn't hold the Avengers. Fine. The Avengers movie, you know, had a much more serious comic booky come to life feel. But this was a lot more fun. Um, and it was just great. It was just great. Everything about it was great. And since my... Uh, wife and children don't read comics as often as, as they should. Uh, they don't know that what happens to Groot in the movie happens to him in every single issue um, of Guardians of the Galaxy. So I looked down at one point and just... And just as they start to recover, Peter Quill reads the letter from his mama. Whole group of people just crying the whole way. Um, also, let me throw out some se- shameless self-promotion. Uh, if you happen to be in the area, by the time you're watching this, they'll be over. But I will be at uh, Barnes & Noble on Merritt Island on Friday for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Night. I will be sketching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles while a local martial arts uh, dojo is doing a demonstration. So you can come and literally get your kicks. And uh, I will be drawing some turtles and probably anything else because I did at the other Barnes & Noble over here. I did... Um, sketches for DC Comics uh, Spectacular, and the first sketch someone requested from me was uh, Venom, who last I checked, you know, I didn't I didn't pull, I'm not one of those, you know, dorks from the internet, I didn't get all holier than thou, flip the table and go, Venom, Venom's Marvel, this is the DC Spectacular, I'm out of here, I didn't get all nerd diva. Um, Probably thought about it for a second. I did think about it, um, mostly because the kid just seemed like the kind of kid you should be nerd diva too. Um, and he came back and made me draw like other things throughout the, you know, like I just kept getting back in line. Um, and then Saturday, I and the Mighty Dirt Grub, uh, the Mighty, the Mighty Dirt Grub, uh, Dirt Grubs, uh, Dirt Grub, uh, Dirk, um, enough. I know which way to say it, but you don't, so who cares? Um, but Dirk Grub's gonna be there with me, and we're gonna be doing, um, well, he's gonna be doing really good sketches, I'm gonna be doing really okay sketches. And we'll be selling some uh, some of the comics that I write and he draws and that I write and some other people draw at the Florida Comic Experience, which is a second-year local con here in Melbourne. 
All right. Um, also, I'm throwing it right out. Went to TampaCon. All right. And this leads into the first review, so this actually makes sense. See? Self-promotion, talking about cons. Went to TampaCon. While I was at TampaCon, I met Cullen Bunn. Cullen Bunn looked at me and said, don't I know you? You, you do a show, right? My wife hasn't stopped making fun of me for this because <laughs> I did something I never do. I shut up. <laughs> because really all I could think to say was, he's like, he's like, yeah, you do a show. You, you used to have a, 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 a co-host, right? And he, you, you do this stuff. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> You're not allowed to know me. You're one of my all-time favorite writers. You're not allowed to recognize me. And then my feet weren't touching the ground, and I was floating around. And out of body experience, I didn't know it was an in body. I was just floating around. I mean, sadly, we left the con early because I had a killer migraine. Um, but at that moment, I didn't give a crap about the migraine. He signed every sixth gun trade, including the uh, six gun sons of the gun trade, and my Helheim trade, and all my issues of Helheim. Which normally I'm not big on signing individual issues, but the trade wasn't out last TampaCon. And I had uh, 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 Joel Jones, the artist, she signed them for me, so he signed them as well. Also, um, since I'm about to tag you in this, uh, Colin, if you're watching, I failed you. Um, I did get to meet um, Pedro Pascal, who, internet note, here you go, when they filmed the six-gun pilot that was never aired and never picked up, unfortunately, Damn you, TV. Damn you for failing me when I needed you most. Um, apparently, Pedro Pascal was cast as a new Pinkerton, and he was in that episode, and Colin Bunn said that he was his favorite part of the episode was this new character that, that Pedro played so well. So he said, if you get up there, tell him I said hi, because I'm never going to make it over there. I did get up there, but by that point, my migraine had taken over the entire left side of my skull. And I didn't think a squat until much later. I was like, I was standing right there. I had an in. I could have just said, hey, buddy. Then I could have popped a million Tylenol and, and tried to hang out later so I could be like a go-between and, and get them back together and be able to say, look, here's a picture of me with, with Cullen Bunn and Pedro Pascal. That would have been awesome. But I, I, I let you down, Cullen, and I failed myself. All right, now I have no time to review anything. So let's start with this. Six Gun, Days of the Dead. All right, um, as with all my Six Gun reviews, why are you not reading this? I shouldn't have to tell you how good these are. This one, fine, I'll confess. You don't have to have read anything else to get this, but if you have read everything else, it's better. So go read everything else. Go buy those trades. There was a guy getting picking up the first trade because he knew Cullen from uh, his Marvel and DC work, and he's like, is this any good? He's holding up. Because you know, first off, who asked that? To the writer of a book. Is this any good? Is, you know, unless the writer, you know, I will tell you when you come with the book, is this you go? Like, no, it no. sucks. The art's great, but my books suck. No, apparently they're good. People like them. Who knew? Um, but, yeah, this guy's like, he's looking at Cullen. He's like, you know, is this any good? I pull out all of them from my from the bag over my shoulder. And I'm like, yeah, they're all right. <laughs> they're pretty damn good. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. Read all of those. Read this. This kicks off. We get, um, we, we're following the story of a couple characters we already know. Um, all right. Uh, we have Jessup Sutter, and we've got, uh, what the hell's, I never remember Brother Vargas's first name, Roberto. Um, all right. And this is their involvement. There's even a little guest moment, um, 
They say you never know who the guns will attract. And in the background, <laughs> his little drinks and glad lighting up a cigarette. And I was like, yay, cameo. Um, because cause I'm a dork. Um, but yeah, so it's Colin Bunn writing it. It's Brian Hurt drawing it. So it's it's awesome on top of awesome, which is like, it's like an awesome parfait. Mm. <laughs> now I'm hungry. <laughs> well, if you've seen my cameraman, him saying he's hungry wouldn't surprise you. Um, in fact, if you've seen my camera, you would understand that Colin Bunn looking at me and going, don't I know you, would be kind of like if um, Big Dave met, like, you know, Chef Boyardee, and he was like, hey, aren't you Dave? <laughs> I'd actually be a little more freaked out if you could be a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, zombie chefs. Um, boom, Big Trouble in Little China. Number three. This book continues to get better each time. It is, you get these stories of the, we're up to X number four. Um, he's always telling these stories of his ex wives. All right. So Jack Burton tells these stories of his ex wives. They're drawn the way they actually happened, they're told the way Jack Burton perceives them, deluded himself, <laughs> and or just remembers them incorrectly. Um, which is hysterical. Uh, you get, we meet the, uh, the six-headed widow, and there's apparently some false advertising. She's not as beautiful as her statues, and Jack just can't let that go. So <laughs> he's just pissing off a god. Also, the people, the, the, the weird demon clan people that they fought the last time out, um, they catch up to them, and the one guy just really wants to—he just wants to piss on Jack's truck. That's that's all. You've just got this like this like ape-looking demon, you know. Yes, we piss on his truck. He's like, no, your urine, and then the leader's like, your urine will not suffice for my revenge. You know, we need blood. He goes, fine, you're right. First we kill them, then we pee on them. And he's like, yeah, but, and then later they're waiting. Like, we wait. We're not going in there. We're gonna wait for them to come out. And the one guy's like, I still gotta pee. You know, it's, it's all. It's all PPU. Tech jacket number two. Tech takes it to the chest. Um, you know, it's Joe Keating writing it, but he's clearly writing in the Robert Kirkman vein because um, pain and suffering to main characters. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially if it's the title of the book. Plus, you know, so you get um, you, you get gaping chest wounds and uh, and birthday cake actually written as birthday cake. Um, Earth two number twenty six. Kevin Maguire selfie cover. I'm not big on selfies. I'm not always big on variants, but I'll buy anything Kevin Maguire draws. So I've got the Kevin Maguire selfie. Look at that. I already love these Earth 2 characters, but once Kevin Maguire draws them, that's it. They're legit. <laughs> this is Jay Garrett now. This is, uh... <coughs> Still Alan Scott. I just can't breathe. Um, but that's them now because they've been drawn by Kevin McGuire. That's it. That's all you need to know. Um, really well done what happens with Superman. And I like the way, um, what's his name that's writing this? Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor can write a pacifist Superman. Because, okay, we've got evil apocalyptic Superman with a twist. Oh, you'll see it. You'll like it. Uh, me and hate it. Um, but... <laughs> that was a spoiler. Um, <laughs> but uh, you've also got um, Val Zod, who has striking blue eyes. But, um, but Val Zod, the new Superman, 
is a pacifist. But as he says, he goes, yeah, I'm a pacifist. But that doesn't mean, you know, he goes, I don't want to fight you, but that doesn't mean I'm going to let you hurt my friends. And, you know, he, he holds his own. And it's really, really, really well done. Earth 2, I've said it before, this is what a reboot should be. Because the new 52 reboot was incomplete. Some things were recom Not everything was rebooted to the same level. And it's still not 100% clear. I don't even think they know what may or may not have happened continuity-wise. And it, it's, it's, always, it's always just kind of a mess and kind of jumbled. Um, but this, they went, okay... Clear all that shit off. Let's go. And have just been building on that. And that is what makes it work. Um, because there's no questions. You don't have to sit there and go, well, what did that What did... No. You know, it's, it's a complete enough change that you don't have to feel you've got like 75% of your favorite character, 20% of your favorite character, your favorite character's name on a totally different person. I'm looking at you, Wally. Um, <laughs> you know, you get... You know, you don't have to have alien fans crying out over, oh, you changed Wally West's race. Or you know, yeah, you changed Superman's race, but he's a whole separate guy. Yeah, All right? You, 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 you get, you made a whole separate guy. I, I, I love Valzad. I think possibly more, I don't know, more than, than Superman in the new 52. Um, although the Jeff John Superman's been really good so far. But Valzad's my Superman, unless you count post uh flashpoint valzad's by superman love that guy batman eternal number 18 continues to just knock it out of the park killer croc is my favorite part of this issue um because sometimes you can be a giant monstrous cannibal and still not be a bad guy it's um you've got what's the the zangief line from uh racket ralph you know i'm a bad guy that doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, Aquaman and the others wraps up the first story arc, um, brings back Bostock, sort of. Um, sometimes you get a do-over. It's like Bostock, like the mulligan. Um, it's really good. It's still not something about it prevents it from reaching great, but really good is I'll take really good. Um, this didn't have enough of my favorite guy. <laughs> That's really... We should make this easy. Aquaman and the others should actually be called um, Prisoner of War and Aquaman and the others. That would fix everything. Superior Spider-Man. What? How did that happen? Um, well, it's tying into Spider-Verse. And what happened in Superior Spider-Man number 19, he gets... He disappears for just a little bit in that comic because he, he time jaunts. This is what happened when he time jaunted. Um, he's in twenty. He's in the year twenty ninety nine, while Miguel is here. Um, but now he's amassing an army. I don't know if he's not going to remember it, and that's why when he comes back in issue, in the rest of issue nineteen, he never mentions. Oh yeah, fought this whole war. Doesn't seem to know Peter's coming. So I don't know what's going to happen for his memory of all of this. But, um, it's actually, um, the Doc Ock Superior Spider-Man who is amassing an army of Spideys because he's found, as he's dimension traveling, that all the Spideys are getting killed. So, he realizes, I'm not, one of us isn't going to be able to take that guy out. We need kind of an army. He's 
buffering himself between, you know, guy that kills spiders and a whole bunch of spiders. Um, and he's getting an army of some, some cool spiders. There's a Christos Gage backup. And since Christos Gage is, that is, you know, my, my Cullen Bunn, Christos Gage, Charles Soule, writers whose first name starts with C, my, 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 my three C's Trinity. Um, so Christos Gage in here for the backup was, was hands down my favorite part. It was nice to see, um, you know, superiors, but yeah, Dance Lot does the main thing, of course. But and it was good to see. Who knew that I'd ever say something like, you know, I, I like. I, I'm hoping they can work out something where we get some more superior Spidey down the line. Legendary Star Lord, awesome. Um, he gets his half sister. They're big on half sisters in comics lately. Everybody's finding out about their half sisters. Um, but. They come up with an elaborate plan, and we get a little psyche val of uh, of our boy. Um, <laughs> Sam Humphreys and Paco Medina just blowing it out of the park. This book is so much fun. If you like the movie, read the book. If you didn't like the movie, read the book anyway. If you never saw the movie, read the book. It's good. Right, Daniels? Show. Read the book. That glove just doesn't end. It's like a real infinity gauntlet. Um, Rocket Raccoon. I need to tell you, it's Rocket Raccoon, written and drawn by Scotty Young. Why do I need to review this? It's awesome. You don't need to know anything else. Um, he and Groot have a prison break. Right? You're like, hey, I just saw that in the movie. No, you didn't. Not like this, you didn't. There's also there's a really creepy person. <laughs> They're all discussing, like, you know, Rocket's... Uh, just found out he's not the last of his species. There's an evil raccoon after him. She's actually amassed a million rocket ex-girlfriends as like a league to kill him. But there's one little silly looking alien guy. Uh, I think it's sweet, Rocket. You seem like you have a lot of love to give. And if your race is still alive and you meet the girl of your dreams, and she doesn't want to return your love and start a family, you should just chop, off her, chop her little head off, hollow it out, and use it for a cereal bowl. Everyone else's reaction, <laughs> and even as you know, fine if you hate cereal that much, you can use it for soup. And even as as Rocket is making good his escape, his last words to the to the mass of prisoners are: uh, "Corgo, please don't do that that thing with the head and bowl to anyone. It's just gross." <laughs> so, do I really need to say that? Justice League 3000 um, is good. It continues to be my guilty pleasure. Um, it started off kind of hunt, and then once you got past the hunt factor, around issue three or four, um, because this is what, number nine. It's, it's just been fun. I'm sure it's not long-lasting, because I like it, and that tends to be the kiss of death for books or characters. Generally. Possibly even actual people. Um... I haven't tested that. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Spread, number two. Yeah. This book is so good. Um, this is the one I described it as, like, post-apocalyptic mutant virus, lone wolf and cub. Um, we've got no and hope, and now we've got Molly. Mad Molly to some, mom to me. Um... They meet some slavers, and the slavers have a crazy woman who clearly lost her baby and is carrying around this, like, animal skull wrapped in sticks and stuff that she calls her baby, 
and um, they have her caged up because you know they're slavers. Slavers go, slaves go in the cages. Um, she's got this clinging to this thing that she believes. You know, while well, she keeps saying, "My baby, my baby," and she happens to be as important lactating because clearly she had a baby and lost it in this decimated world. No has little baby Hope, and he has no way of feeding her. Come across slavers with a lactating slave. Daring rescue, the death of a monster. It turns out, you know, the, we already knew the baby was um, <clears throat> special because she's called Hope. She is somehow not only just immune, but actually deadly to these mutant creatures. So he actually takes the axe, holds it against the baby's face, and when the baby kind of goes and like drools little baby spit bubbles, gets it all over the axe, he's able to just kill these things when he hits them with, with her spit laden stuff. It's Justin Jordan writing it, and um, Kyle Strom on art. It's really, really good. You should totally check that out. Totally worth your time. Swamp Thing 32, Charles Soule. Oh, the final scene! My triptych is complete! Oh! I'm leveling. Um, so... <coughs> I've got so many problems. This is so good. This, more or less, wraps up I mean, there's potential for problems down the line, but it more or less wraps up the uh, the storyline with um, the avatars he let out, the former avatar, the, the parliament members that he has let out of the green um, to take with him, and how they were not quite adjusting so well. Um, there's a lot of tears, but there's some satisfaction um, when uh, I can never remember her damn name. Um, but when, uh, yeah, people who needed some comeuppance get some comeuppance. And some brilliant, not just, you know, and that's your revenge. No, some brilliant, you, you, when there's a line like, uh, you said you feel helpless in this flesh form. Well, how do you feel now? Snap! And leave somebody paralyzed. <laughs> Someone who once had godlike powers. That's pretty intense right there. Oh, well, there's a triptych of soups. All right. Um, Superman, Wonder Woman, all right, Charles Soule, woo annual number one, and then Action Comics, annual number three, and issues 34, these are both written by Greg Pak, this one's got art by, um, Aaron Guter, who, of course, uh, I'm loving his writing over on the soon-to-be-canceled Superboy, uh, also Scott Collins in there, and everybody loves some Scott Collins, um, it's good, it's, it's, None of this is great, but that's not... I don't feel it's any individual writer's fault. I just feel this story... This, there's not enough cohesion. This story started out... I really liked the, the Doomed starting out. But it's not... It's like four ideas that would have made great stories combined into four partial... All, everything loses something. Being, so it's like, and okay, it's Doomsday is the threat. No, he ripped Doomsday in half. No, he's turning into Doomsday. That's the threat. No, <coughs> Brainiac's showing up. <coughs> he's behind everything. That's the threat. No, Non and Mongol just walked out of the Phantom Zone. That's the threat. They did bring back Crypto, but they're drawing Crypto to look a little too um, weird Tiger Wolf thing again. Um... <coughs> they just kind of fixed him over there and made him look like a wolf, but, you know, not quite a dog, more of a wolf, but now he's looking weird tiger wolf again. Um, also, he keeps hanging out with, I don't understand the point of it. Um, it's 
character named Baka. All right. So if you're an anime fan, you can all giggle now. You know, Baka. All right. Baka spends half his time looking like a Banff. Okay. He looks like he's blue with pointy ears and a tail and not enough fingers. So basically, he spends half his time looking like a Banff. He's basically like like a, like a 10-year-old Nightcrawler. For the rest of the time, he turns into this big monster dog thing. Um, so he's like a Banff that turns into one of those Hulk poodles from uh, oh. from the first Hulk movie. I don't know, Greg Park. I'm a fan of yours, but I, I can't defend you on this. Um, so, I'll move on. Clone number 10. This series... <coughs> 19. I lied to you about 10. Clone number 19. This series has been awesome. It's like... Intrigue up the wazoo. You're literally your own best friend and your own worst enemy because clones. clones. And it's... It's just so good. Read, read, read this. Dayman number four. Took a damn long time to come out, and then took me an extra week because they showed it. Diamond shorted famous faces. But great um, vampire mob movie combo. <coughs> it's like vampires, but forget the true blood route and make it more like vampires run themselves in little family clans a lot more like... Um, Similar to the uh, Vampire the Masquerade game, but a lot more like Vampire the Masquerade if it was written by Mario Puzo. Mm. <laughs> so, it's good. George R. R. Morton's Game of Thrones, number 21. I don't know why you don't hear enough about You don't hear more about this comic. Than you. I mean, Game of Thrones is everywhere, but this Dy- Dynamite comic, um, and it's just literally the company, I'm not just saying. It's a Dynamite comic, although it is. Um, but I don't know why this doesn't get, you know, bandied about more. Because it should. Um, because it's so far back. It's it is. You're way back. We just we just lose Ned in this issue. It's how far back we are. Um, but the art is good. The story is good. It's a nice in between for um the book and the movie. You know, it's got. Show. I mean, yeah, it's got more than the show does but less than the book does so it's got you know it's that nice little segue for those of you who know nothing flash gordon number four this book is a dynamite book because i can't tell you um this is jeff parker and evan shaner i'm buying the trades on this this is like my favorite dynamite book right now um and in this issue they let me know where it falls in they actually tied it into that um, crazy limited series that just ended that had um, Flash and uh, what the hell is it? Uh, Mandrake, the, right? Mandrake the Magician and the um, and the Phantom and and all of it. And this picks up from there, but this is so this is the best blend that Dynamite specifically and most companies generally have ever done on merging a you know, pulp era, golden age property with um, making it more modern, but not losing what it, you know, it's, it's perfect. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of the original, if you're a fan of any of the newer ones, or if you're not a fan at all. This, this is, it's really well done. I can't stress that enough. Grayson number two, I continue to enjoy it. Who knew? Um, I'm not quite... 100% sold on the new version of, uh, <coughs> what's her name, of, um, 
Helena Bertolini, um, aka the once upon a time she was the Huntress. Because um, the original Huntress is the new Huntress again, so that makes the new Huntress the old Huntress. Weird how that works. Um, you get some more Midnighter, you get some more of the intrigue. It ties in nicely with the Bat books. He's back and forth with Batman um, because he is on a mission. And he clearly does have, uh, it won't go over well when it does, but he clearly does have an end game in mind, at least Dick does, for being able to come back into the fold and say, hey, it was me. I'm not dead. And at least letting the people close to him know. But that ain't happening anytime soon. Um, there's a guy with a hood in this that is new, uh, I think. I don't know. I don't know enough bat lore, but something about him kind of reminds me of Azrael. But he's very Azrael-ish. Esk, um, <coughs> Green Arrow thirty four breaks my heart that this is going to be you know that when I think after the the five year later thing I think after that's Jeff Lemire's last thing and that's going to make me cry because um, this has been so good and I don't know if I'm going to stick with it after the guys from the show come on not that I have anything against them I love the show but. Um, but I'm buying a lot of books, so this could be a nice opportunity to sl- you know, to, to, to slide to the side of the ground. So that makes me sad. Also, I didn't mention, but that Earth 2 made me sad. That was, uh, Nicholas Scott's last issue, so I cry a little. Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man number four. Lots going on. Um, uh, Kate Bishop, his girlfriend, not doing well with his revelation that he's Spidey. Um, he fights Green Goblin, and the Peter Parker Spider-Man that may or may, may not be actually Peter Parker shows up and works with him, despite the fact that they don't seem to be getting along on the cover. And uh, Aunt May seems to think that it's actually Peter, so I don't know what's going on over here in Ultimate. Future's End. It's okay. Still no booster. New Warriors, this was great. Um, <coughs> a bunch of Inhumans have come after um, Haichi and decided that, you know, he's got to prove himself worthy of being Inhuman and he can't hang slum with mutants and humans. He's got to come hang with them. Haichi decides, no, these people were there for him. He's going to stick with the Warriors. A lot of great character-developing um character interaction, team bonding, um, all done through um, a big fight. So there's no dull moments, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of great interaction. You've got um, uh, Scarlet Spider is not a big fan of Justice, nor is he a big, he's not a big fan of anybody, but really he and Justice just don't see eye to eye. But you get some great back and forth between them and Scarlet Spider and Speedball, so that's always interesting. Nightworld, number one, from Image. <coughs> really good, um, kind of creepy, semi-superhero-esque action going on in a um, kind of what if Mike Mignola, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko sat down and said, hey, let's, let's, let's write something. And while they were sitting down, there was a knock at the door, and Dan Brereton showed up and said, Hey, I've got donuts. And they all just sat down and, and got together. Um, so this this was a lot of fun. Um, very stylized. Very very vintage feel. 
Um, and also really, really good. And look, it's a, um, you know, Adam McGovern wrote this, it came up with the script, and then uh, Paolo, uh, Paolo Landry did the pencils, inks, and letters. Um, and logo and package design. Uh, Steve Price. Florida Friends, not that Steve Price. Apparently, um, every 15th person I know is named Steve Price. Because I don't know why. That's just people I know. But that's Steve and me. Oh, yeah. Look at you in there. Is a Yay. And you're on a book. I, I was nervous. I was like, oh, man. Because I had ordered it before I knew that you know, that Steve was doing it. And then when I, Nothing more tense when you know you're going to review a book that a friend... And I'm like, oh, please, God, let it be good. Um, because, you know, if it was an all-him book, I'd have no, no doubts because he, he does some great stuff. But... This is a book that he's just involved with. And I'm like, oh, I'd hate to have to say something talking about a book, that, you know, whatever. But I didn't. So, whew, we all win. Yeah. Um, She-Hulk, again, so really, really good. And thank you, uh, Javier Polito, for coming back on art. Because um, he kind of, I like stylized art, but the last two issues have been a little too stylized for me. Um, but they, it's She-Hulk and Hellcat team up sort of with Hank Pym to find a, a guy who's come up with a, another miniaturization style that is not quite tested and he shrank himself and is now lost and they've got to find him because <clears throat> she has been brought in for legal reasons they bring in Hank for obvious reasons and then um, you have one of those tiny adventures across a park and um, Hellcat trying to use the Ant-Man helmet and she's able to summon the ants at first, but not really control them. So the ants are just coming in for sugar. And the only things they can get sugar from are, say, She-Hulk. And not that kind of sugar, you perps. Sorry, those ants. Um, Titan number one from Red Anvil. This has been all over Kickstarter. This is Joe Martino, really good guy. He uh, he did the Shadow Flame book that um, I reviewed many, many moons ago on the original incarnation of the show. Um, this is really good. This is very personal for him because he's had a... A fight with cancer, and now this is a um, Captain Marvel esque, you know, like a you know, she doesn't you transform into the big hero, but what if your human part gets cancer? Um, and how do you deal with that? You're you know, and and you know, you've got all of this power and all this whatever, but you know, it's like that Superman, like all my powers, all these things I could do, I couldn't save him, but the him in this case is you. Really, really well done, and um. And I believe that uh, that's that's something. It's, it's it's at least done for you know cancer awareness. I think there may be more even to it than that. I I don't remember the full story, but the comic was really really good. Um, the art's great. The story. It's not just an in your face. Oh, we're doing this for for you know cancer. It's it's put into the story as an actual story plot, and it's not. It's not just a gimmick, you know. Um, so there was, it was really well done. The Woods, number four. So good. Oh, I love Dr. Robot, the space monkey, um, who may be... Um, he's like the lassie of space. When his, when his human buddy's in trouble, he goes and tries to find people. But most people don't know what it means when a kind of space monkey... It's sort of like a spider monkey combo is like pulling on your hair and you're like, do I follow it or do I, you know, kill it and, and burn my hair off? Um, things aren't going well back at the school. Uh, we do meet some new people and we find out a bunch about 
apparently this planet has brought humans to it before because they find what looks like um, a Mayan temple or an Aztec temple and within it there's writing and it's from like various time periods and various, you know, there's Russian, there's Spanish, there's whatever. Apparently they've been pulling people to this planet um, periodically. Imperial. Um, Imperial is like the Superman of this world and he's picked a successor. Uh, apparently the crown really bestows the power, but his successor really, I don't know what he bases his, you know, we haven't found out what he bases it, but his successor is really just kind of a guy who's, you know, his father died, he was, he, he, he find, he's dumping his, he's scattering his father's ashes off of the mountain trail that his father requested when suddenly Imperial shows up and tells him, you're going to be my successor. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He actually pisses himself because he, he's like, oh, I thought he was going to kill me. He thinks he's there for like, he's like, is it for that speeding ticket in, in, uh, in Kansas? My friend of mine told me if you don't live in a state and you never plan on going back there, you don't have to pay it. Uh, he goes, well, trust me, I never plan on going to Texas. Oh, I, mean, I never plan on going to, um, to Kansas. Oh, oh my God, you're from Kansas, aren't you? I didn't mean it. It's, I, it's just I prefer my states to be not so flat. Uh, you know. And he's like, just, you know, the guy's just like, look, I'm not here about any of that. Um, so it's a guy with a normal life who's suddenly chosen to be the successor to, he's going to become the new Imperial. And shit gets real at the end. Harbinger Omega is number one. It's Valiant. It's Harbinger. It's awesome. Um, the time for tippy-toeing around little facades is over. Um, <coughs> Harada is, is out in full. The world knows that he is thus uber-powerful. And now they're coming after... Um, the little Harbinger Renegades, and who are our, our last bastion of hope. Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers. Um, Joe Casey and Nathan Fox redo these, this um, Kirby property um, that Dynamite has redone before, but this, this is an interesting little take on it. Um, very good, very stylized, very busy. Um, it's a lot to read and a lot to see. Um, so prepare to sit with this and don't make, don't do what I did and think, oh yeah, I can read this quick before I go do the review. No, don't do that. I had to read that twice to fully get what I was needing. Terminal Hero, also good. Guy dying of a brain tumor that keeps growing. Takes an experimental thing. They found out that years ago, a guy who killed himself um, had tried this experimental um, serum to work on this but they said it had bizarre side effects. Those bizarre side effects are like powers that you can only semi-control, and the guy doesn't like who he's becoming as he has this, but um, really good, really psychological, really thoughtful. Uh, Peter Milligan wrote it, so there, that's all you need to know. It's Peter Milligan. Um, Thor and Loki, the Tenth Realm, number three, this is where Thor finds out that he has a sister, so Thor and Loki go to, find, to meet Angela. Angela doesn't like them. Um, neither do any of the of heaven's host of angels. Loki does what Loki does best. He switches sides. Um, spoiler in three, two. Yeah, we're back to girl Loki for a while because he's turned himself into that so he can he can. Oh yeah, hey sis. Uh, he's in here. I'm going to the sisterhood, and we can all beat up Thor. Um, speaking of all the sisterhood, epic number two. Uh, this is the the comic that uh, Big Dave likes to ask me about. This is the one with the guy. Who's got all these superpowers, but his weakness is to be around um, to be around hot women. He can't focus, and it it's, it undoes his power. So he's fighting Daddy Longlegs, who was a really nice guy, 
and a rich guy who adopted <laughs> took in like a whole bunch of just orphans from from every country. He's got them all in his house, but he's been transformed at the end of last issue into this big spider monster. He's trying to control it, and his kids are all there, and Epic shows up to help because every other case, you know, they're listening. He and his friend Beans are listening to the radio, and every every story that they're oh, there's a an attack and whatever on. You know, there's a woman in a bikini in what looks like a fur bikini attacking the town. He goes, well, I can't fight her. Um, he's like, uh, there's a fire at the um, Veronica's Whisper, which is like Victoria's Secret. He's like, ah, I can't go. He's like, oh, big spider. I'll go to that. He goes, he's like, really? You want to take on a big spider? He goes, if there's one thing I know about women, they all hate spiders. So he goes after these figures, they'll be safe. But one of the adopted daughters is ridiculously hot and is just getting out of the shower as Epic gets there. And he... Sees the giant spider thing attacking, screams, her towel falls, his powers are gone. <laughs> he's he's, he's got to kind of improvise. Suicide Risk, number 14. Um, Requiem's daughter, Terza, um, in her Our Earth identity, um, really calling the shots at this point. Really, really well done. Um, this book... Another Earth has people with powers when they, their version, their, their criminal system, their criminal justice system is to erase your mind, send you to our Earth, and just kind of blend you in. So now you don't remember having powers, and you're on an Earth where nobody has powers, and you're kind, they kind of keep you in check. But people have been being awakened to the fact that they have powers. And once they discover the powers, personalities come back, and from there it's become kind of a hot mess. And now um, our two main characters are trying to find out it's... They like their powers, but they're... The personas they were given are the personas they like better, so they're trying to get back to their normality. They just have to fight their way through a lot of super stuff for it. Um, and, boom, we'll wrap it up finally, six hours later, with um, Fracture Volume 2. Alright, this is the book where our main character has multiple personalities. Each one gets their own set of powers. He was his own. He was fracture, and um, he was um, uh, he was virtue and vice uh, to arch enemies. And now he's in this. We find out he's also a bunch of other characters as well. Some of whom are cooler than others, and it's it's really well done. And um, I like the art. Who's the art on this? Um, uh, uh, Chad Ciccone. Um or the double C's Paratalian should be Ciccone. Um, but Chad Ciccone and uh, stories by uh, Sean uh, Giborin. I loved the first one. I bought the second one. Um, I probably need to rebuy the first one because damn you, Action Labs. I love you guys, but why is my first trade that ridiculous little size you used to make? And now my second, this looks like on my shelf when I bought a paperback for a first book and then couldn't wait and bought the hardcover for the second. They look ridiculous next to each other. What would you, what do you do to me? Why do why you do these things? Why are you playing me like that? Here I am supporting you, and this is what you do to me? You make my bookshelves look ridiculous? I don't know. But all right, if any of you are still alive, uh, see you next week. Thanks for listening to F3G2. If you like the show, please write us a five-star review in iTunes. Want to tell Sebastian what you think of his reviews? Go to f3g2.gunageek.com and comment on the latest show there. Check out other geeky podcasts part of the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. 
Have a good week.